When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. And you have found the Holderness Family Podcast. Always. I'm trying to go like Oprah energy with the last term. Podcast. (laughs) You get a podcast and you get a podcast. Literally anybody can have a podcast. We don't even have to give it to you. Do you think Oprah is like tired of people doing that? You get a podcast and you get a podcast thing? I think when she sits at home and counts all of her money, I would say no. (laughs) And by the way, you can say whatever you want about me if I'm Oprah because I would just sit on my pile of money and be like, you're right. Yep. I'm sorry, I can't hear you from the sound of my pile of money rustling <laughs> beneath me. This is not the direction we thought we were going to go. Never is. And we, you know, uh, we have a weird job. Yes. Super weird job. Yes. Um, but we took two full weeks off. We had content that went out because, A, not that you would have noticed if we didn't put out content, but, you know, it's it's our way of life. So we put out some videos, but Penn and I were out of town, off the radar. On an airplane. Twice. In a a theme park. In a theme park. In places that we, I mean, look, I know a lot of people have gone, but that we have been very careful to get our foot back in the the pool. Right. And And we jumped in the pool. We went to Florida to visit my grandmothers and my family, and it was so lovely to hug them, just feeling, and being able to feel safe about it. Uh, We felt great. And we also wanted to take the kids, like our kids love Disney. They love, love Disney, and they always have. So we wanted to take them there, and we felt like they had some, you know, they had reduced capacity, they had a mass. And then we just, we we're going to tack on a day in Universal, assuming they had the same sort of policies in place. <laughs> well, every, I mean, everything is getting back to normal in, in their, on their own time. It's funny. If we had gone to Disney one day later, they, it would have been a mask optional situation. Right. So when we were there, they were not, you didn't have to have it walking around. You didn't have to have your mask on. But when you kind of made that contact point of like, now you're entering the ride, you put a mask on, which honestly... We loved because you are face to face with strangers for a good bit of time. And so we felt <laughs> yeah. like that was and it was reduced capacity at that point it was 40 percent, which capacity. still at Disney is pretty crowded. Well, by the way, I'm Disney, throw that but out there. it was it was much less than I've ever seen. it. Yeah. But it was still significant. Here's the crazy thing. I it, going back to normal. I am realizing all of these things that did not used to bother me. I'm a fairly like germs kind of guy. Like you, germ, germs, like we need germs. Our body needs germs. I'm that kind of guy. But there are some things now I've discovered from our trip that I don't think I'll ever want to do without a mask again, which is nuts, right? So one of them is wait in line at a theme park. I, mean, I can't believe we did that beforehand. Uh, and you are, I mean, you think about, because they have those like snaking kind of lines. That just you touch, that everyone every, touches. And you're face to face with people like with international germs, yes, right? So all people, kinds and, and of And they're germs. not, can't, and famously, your kid get. oh my gosh. So we were, so anyway, long story short, we, we paid full freight. Like we paid for our vacation. So we, it's not there's like. No there's no endorsements, no influencers. You know, yeah. No, none of that stuff. Um, 
I felt very safe at Disney. And it was if you walked inside a restaurant, vaccinated or not, you had to have a, a mask on. So I was trying to get our breakfast one morning. I would say I, I will to- totally say they're having everybody's having trouble um, finding people for the service, um, for like food service. And that was a nightmare, like not a nightmare. Let's not say nightmare. Um, but you were waiting a very long time for your chicken nuggets. Doesn't it make sense though? Right. No, I they, mean, the, Disney has this like standard of service that you expect if you've been there before, but they laid off something like 70,000 people or some crazy amount of layoffs. They have to like retrain an entire industry. Right. And so people got other jobs. There ha- anyway, so we, you wait a long time for some food, which is fine. You're right. So in the morning I'm picking up our coffee that you'd like mobile order and it's this whole thing. And this woman walks in without a mask on because, you know, she's whatever. And she's like, I just need my food, my kid was up throwing up all night and I'm just, I'm so hungry and I just need my food. And they're like, ma'am, you really need a mask. Here's a mask. And she's like, but my kid's been throwing up all night. And I'm like, this is why COVID or not. I'm like, I will probably wear a mask for a long time at a theme park. So here, are you ready for my list of things now that I like places now that I think I'm just going to wear a mask for the rest of my life? And maybe this will change, but right now here's where I am. Okay. Airplanes. Airplanes. 1000%. All day, all night. Lines at an amusement park. Man, when we went to, so we're Disney one day, Universal the next day. First day at Disney, first of all, of course, because I'm me, I was like complaining about like how warm it was and I'm wearing the mask. The next day, we go there and no one's wearing a mask. So, Universal, and, we didn't and, look into this at all. No. No, no, um, full capacity. Yeah. So, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And no mask. Right. But, but honestly, like it, it was yeah. outdoors and I, I, I'm not, I think they're following the rules no, totally. and the laws. This is a personal thing that I no, had. Absolutely. I was just like, everyone is touching everything. <laughs> and this didn't used to bother me. You know me. What's You're happening like, to me? You're like, more of the people. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, we've got, we've got, uh, uh, we've got, what was the first one? Airplanes? Yeah. We've got lines at amusement parks. I'm going to go ahead and toss in public restrooms. Oh gosh, yes. So gross. That, that I just didn't, it's almost like I'm Neo from the Matrix now. And I and now I see the ones and the zeros. I see <laughs> the world and the germs. I see that. It's, I, my, my eyes have adjusted to have a black light in them now. I, I can see DNA everywhere I go. I will say, you know, we are trying to, we, we have this whole time been like, I have to trust science. And now the science is saying, if you're vaccinated, like you really can not wear a mask. And that's fine. So I'm, I am, it's actually, this is general germs for me. It's not I even know. COVID. And so, it's like weird stuff. I will say it's been like a weighted blanket for my face. I stole that from, I think Glennon Doyle tweeted that out. I, so out of comfort, I've been wearing one, but there are on an yeah. airplane, I will probably always right. wear one. Here's my last one. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough one for me. Let's, let's hear Elevators. Cause you never know when you're going to need to get on an elevator. It just, yeah. it, but, but. So if if I'm on an elevator with you, I'm fine. But if someone else gets on an elevator, this didn't used to bother me. I'm going to say that we will, by this time, six months from now, we'll be back. You think I'll be okay? Licking doorknobs and be fine with it. Okay, but right now, someone gets on me, gets on an elevator with me without a mask, and I go. (gasps) You hold your breath. It's what is happening to me. I am, you All know, I, you know the old me. This oh, is this, you're I'm, so gross. I'm, I'm not making a political statement. I'm just telling you what's happened to my brain. I know, I know. Well, it's it's a little bit of trauma, right? Yeah. That we we were pretty traumatized to be around loved ones, yeah. and 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 just for fear of like what germs we had and what germs we could spread. And that being said, we had a lovely time. We got to. I realized just. We got a compliment. We spent some time with uh, a friend and he said, he's like, I don't th- think you realize how few families like each other as much as you like your family. Aww. And just the four, I just, w- the four of us have such a great time together. And I know maybe the world thinks that we put every single thing on the internet. We really don't. Yeah. <laughs> we really value our kids' privacy. But I have to say, like, I had the best time just being able to connect with them and, and, a, you know, a hotel room situation where you can't disappear into your room and go on a screen and you're kind of stuck with us. It was yeah. really nice. And our kids uh, are, so, they're so great together for, for their age. And I, I give you credit for that. I think it's um, all me. Well, you're no, right. you've like, you've been the boss of like making sure that we have forced like screens off family time. And that's how you learn to, to love each other and how you learn to kind of get along with each other. And then of course we get back from vacation and this morning I uh, get in a shouting match with my daughter because she dropped her phone in the pool and I tell her that she doesn't take care of electronics. She thinks electronics are the same thing as beanbags. 
And so then we got into a fight, which brings us to to our um, to our guest today, because no matter how much we love each other and how perfect our friends think that we are, we still are getting in some fights. And as you know, we wrote an entire book about marriage within a marriage. Everybody fights. So why not get better at it? Plug yeah. for a book. We wrote an entire book on the subject, but we really did not at all cover how arguments within a family are important and the right way to have arguments within your family and why those why those opportunities are, are very valuable. Yeah, and so enter Linda Cormier. Linda is a personal development speaker, coach, and executive with 30 years of training speaking in business building. Uh, she has a lot of programs. She facilitates like Roots to Wings initiative that teaches leadership, personal growth, and team building to teenagers and young adults. So that works out very well with us. Uh, she has also worked with aspiring entrepreneurs, Fortune 500 companies, and individuals looking to reach their full potential. And she's here to talk to us about how conflict can really help families grow. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for coming on our show. Of course. I want to start with something that happened while we were setting up, because in between our <laughs> intro and having her join us, we had some audio problems. Yes. And I kept apologizing for having to wait a brief moment. It was about a minute. And Linda, what was your response? I said, save the I'm sorry for if you do something really bad. Like if you run me over, you can say sorry. But this came because my husband's like that. He would apologize. Like he's bringing me flowers and saying, sorry, they're not the peonies that you love. I'm like, oh, I'd say, what did you say? Like what? I am guilty of this. Mm-hmm. I am an over apologizer. What is wrong with me? Because I don't know. I think it's a fill word for a lot of people in a lot of situations. And I think it, I think we fill. Are we being defensive as if to say, I'm doing the best I can. Is that kind of like the same sort of thing? Yeah, And I, I think we just use it where there's an expectation and this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I know. And I'm sorry that I have (laughs) sidetracked. Wait, shut up and stop saying it. Yeah. (laughs) No, because we have this whole thing in our family. Now it's turned into, I'll say, what did you say? And it's, I love you. That's the only thing you're allowed to say. If you're doing something right, and you just, it's not perfect. Cause he's not, I don't know about defensive, but he's a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to bring flowers, they have to be perfect. Oh, that's uh, not, that's not what we're dealing nope, with. That's not there. me. I'm no, yeah. nope. <laughs> no, flowers no. are never perfect. No. Yeah. Um, I will say, so what we are going to talk about. So we, we have this book, it's called everyone fights. Everybody fights. I should get the name of the title, uh, the name of the book, right? So, and it's all about fighting within a marriage and within a partnership. And what we're talking about today is like fighting within your family. And my, I'm the first to admit our kids are younger. So they're 11 and 14. There isn't a bunch of fighting that we're doing as a family. Should we be? Um, well, I think as long as there's communication going on, that's all good. I mean, I avoided conflict like the plague for 30 years until my 15 year old daughter told me that living in Disneyland isn't normal. So it doesn't always have to be happy. Mm. And now she's 23 and she still teaches me every day. But um, no, I think that, you know, kids will bicker and and parents will bicker and argue. It's not if you argue, it's how you argue. Right. And I think that's a better word, maybe just some conflict. I will say in our house, especially over the last year, we have worked really hard to minimize conflict and we probably have not taken all opportunities to just be painfully honest. And especially with our kids, we've probably gone overboard trying to just be accommodating because everything was taken away from them. Well, and I want to ask Linda about that as well, because this, there have to be some asterisks about, (laughs) about how to engage your family over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, So you believe that um, conflict can actually help us grow and and how to embrace it. So talk to us a little bit about how we can do that. Well, I think, the first thing, and I, I always talk about this or teach this, that there's the there's this pine cone that the only way it releases seeds is if it goes through a fire, you know, and I'm from California, so we have fires all the time and it's hard to see the good in it, but it's the same thing within a family, a partnership, or even in a business. It's, you have to kind of go through the stuff to get on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so I think about this pine cone, it's like, going for for me fighting and arguing that felt like fire like it's it's hard i do not like it but what comes on the other side is what makes it worth it it's the revelations that come the learning the growing and like guy we made it through that and now we're closer and now we understand each other more 
And I love that you said that your daughter taught you because I feel like my daughter who's 14 and my son who's 11, they teach us every day because honestly, here's, here is just a newsflash is that in parenting, we don't really know what we're doing at all. And so sometimes we're just, I feel like instead of like parenting, we're partnering because I will admit to them, I I actually don't, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I'm sorry. Again, with the apologies. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And even if you did, even if you did think you had the right answer, there's some book or some expert who's going to tell you it's the opposite you know, in, in parenting, it's, yeah. it's like, you don't, they, they, they come out and they don't come with a rule book and we just do the best we can. And for me, it was always about whether it was with, you know, my children, especially that I wanted at 23 and 26, how old they are now. I wanted them to go to Vegas with me and have a cocktail. Like I wanted that to be the, the way it was. I knew that when they were three months old. I was already anticipating. You were already on your way to Caesars with your three-year-old. That, you know, and I think that I probably, I'm not trying to, I'm not actively trying to be their best friend, but I hope we end up friends because I like them a lot. But I probably do have, especially recently, done a little too much to just keep everything calm. And to just make sure everybody's okay. When it, there are times I probably could have embraced some conflict, and we probably have missed some opportunities to go through some stuff. Well, I probably was the same, but I think the good news is that they never stop learning and growing the way we don't. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, so even if you missed a window of opportunity to be a little bit more of a disciplinarian than a friend or whatever, especially in 2020, I mean, I I think everybody probably did a little bit of that for sure, but there's always tomorrow. And that's the the thing with parenting. It's, it's at least what I've discovered with my kids. It's just a chapter in the book, you know? And so you, you get to have another chapter, hopefully where you then evolve. Yeah. I want to get, I want to get away a little bit from the fighting and the conflict in the book, which we've, I think we've plugged enough. We're good. Everybody fights. I know. No, no, no. no. I just wanted her to, Um, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Well done. Well done. (laughs) We're not getting in a fight about this. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to touch on two things. I want to talk about your um, leadership programs for young young adults and teenagers because we got us one of those. But I also want to talk about how you say that one of your greatest accomplishments in life is finding a good work-life balance. And I think that a lot of people feel like they have a good work-life balance. We probably think we have an okay work-life balance. Our line is blurred more than most because our work is talking about our life. What is the key to you? What is the one thing you preach about finding and keeping a good work-life balance? I would say it's finding the joy in the moments. You know, it's like in the moment when there's something happening and being able to be fully present in that moment and acknowledging what it is for what it is and, and, and finding the joy in it. And I was just on a podcast right before this, talking to this really amazing lady about some similar topic and finding joy in the chaos. And it's like, I love a spicy margarita. And at the end of the day, when I'm making that spicy margarita, I embrace cutting that jalapeno. Like in that moment, I'm really happy. The day is over. It's finding that moment of joy and those moments of joy kind of get strung along so that you experience the work-life balance. So for me, it's really about being present in the moment for as long as you can before something happens. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. But I have a follow-up. I, I, I find joy in a lot of moments and I'm guilty of trying to, uh, shame people in my family who aren't finding the joy as quickly as I am. <laughs> like it's, I feel like when you find joy in a moment, you ha- it has to be your personal joy and just let that be and not expect everyone to come along for the ride with that. Right. Yes. You just used a word that is really big and important in that's expect. And I think whether it's in relationships or in business, the number one downfall is unrealized expectations. So I'm with you, Penn. I'm like, I'm having fun. I want someone else to join with me. Like, I want my kids to be engaged in that moment. And sometimes they're just like, you know, you do you, mommy. Like, it's all good. We don't have to laugh with you right now. Just it's unrealized expectations that can cause the issues. I I think 
in terms of getting our moods to match has been a source of conflict within <laughs> well, our family. Yeah. Well, all of our had, baselines are different for starters. Right. I mean, we're four different human beings. And then you add in some hormones for teenagers. And there are days where I'm like, just just find joy in something. Just Just tell me something that's good. And you know what? That's probably unrealistic for me to expect that out of a teenager who is learning eight hours a day in a mask. So I think that it's a, it's an expectation of just I need to own my own kind of happiness and not and not force that on another person. Yeah. And I just heard for the first time I'm 56. My kids are grown. And I literally just heard for the first time a year ago, I think, you know, you're only as happy as your least happy child. And I had mm. never heard that before. Oh, damn. Yeah, that feels right. And, that feels right. And that's at any point in time. We're not talking about general happiness. We're saying like this could even be moods, right? Because you're only because right. and also it seems like when one of them gets out of a funk, the other one's like, oh, I it's know. my turn now. I know they can. They're both. It's like this right now. I mean, one is like flying high and one I'm like, oh, dear God. But that, so that feels right. That feels right. <sighs> well, my oldest daughter, like I, I love that you said because I have learned so much from my children. But my oldest daughter is the one that told me fairly recently, which, you know, didn't feel awesome, but it was great to know that because I'm really high energy and I'm like really happy. So I would feel responsible if I walk in the house and they're just mellow and I'm gauging the mood, right? Like you're talking about, I would bring it. Like I would come in and I'm just loud and proud. And so what she told me is sometimes she would minimize her enthusiasm about something because she knew it would like send me into the stratosphere. Like if I already was on an eight, she intentionally would come in at a five because she didn't want to deal with me at a 12. Does that make sense? It's a tug of war. It makes perfect sense. I do that with him sometimes. (laughs) Because I know I love you. I love you. I love you. No, but, but you're right. No, I do that with Tim sometimes, and I'm even thinking I would normally be way happier. But if I show my joy, yes. then he is going to go overboard on this. So let me just let him have his moment, and then we'll. Isn't that weird? It's great, like within an adult relationship, for you guys to be able to talk about and they recognize that. But as a mom, when yeah. your daughter tells you, "Yeah, I've kind of muted myself for a while because you're really out there, and I didn't want to have to deal with all the emotion," um, and so now, but it's good because we talk about it, and that—that's all you can like ask. Fire. It feels yeah. like a little bit of a fight, you know. It—it it was like, wait, what? I suck as a parent. No, <laughs> so. I I think what's so important in the dream as a parent is to have a child that feels confident enough in your relationship to be able to say something like that, right? That's the dream. And you have a mantra that open your mouth and open your heart at the same time. So do you think, I mean, give us, you are 10 years ahead of us in the parenting journey. So can you give us some, some ways that people can do that? Well, ironically, I've been saying that for about 30 years, and it's what I guess I'm known for is open your mouth and your heart at the same time. And it took me about 10 years after sharing that to realize what the heck, why don't people do it? Because mm-hmm. they don't do it. Now, now I'm really good at one of those things. <laughs> the mouth part. I am excellent at one of those things. <laughs> And and I and I I read that I'm like I can't wait to hear what the heck this even means. So the floor is yours. Well, it means trusting your heart, and that's what people don't do is they don't trust. So they might have something that they want to say that's coming from your heart. Like usually it's coming from a good place, but they either don't trust their voice, and women especially because I do work with a lot of women. So women don't trust their voice, or they don't trust that it's going to be received okay. So, I mean, and I'm talking about outside of the family. I mean, that that initial quote came from a business training where someone said, what's your tip for success or whatever? And it was just open your mouth and your heart at the same time. Don't try and be something other than who you are and trust that that's good enough. And yeah. like with kids, the way that I did that is we have to discipline our kids. Obviously, there's things that we have, we're supposed to be guiding them and, and parenting them. And sometimes it can feel harsh, but opening your heart is following it up with, you know, the kind of things that you guys know, whatever it's like following it up with, that was your choice. It doesn't define who you are. 
that's, you know, following through. Yeah. Um, but really what it just means is open your mouth and your heart at the same time, like just be who you are and don't be scared to be loving. Don't be scared to be vulnerable. Don't be scared to be authentic because that's where life is. So what's the difference between what's in your heart and what's just on your mind? Like what's, you know, what you're thinking? Because I just like to talk about what's on my mind. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain, if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. Well, the difference is when you're just talking about what's on your mind and if you're irritated with someone, you're, the words that come out of your mouth can compromise their self-esteem yep. because of the way it comes out. But if you're talking about opening your mouth and your heart at the same time, you're going to be mindful of the words that you use. That's, you know, words are like toothpaste. Once you get them out, you can't put them back in. They're awfully hard to clean up off the kitchen counter. And so opening your mouth and your heart at the same time means being mindful that what you say has impact. And probably I would, I would interpret that to mean that it's how, what I'm doing makes you feel and what's, what's, what's the impact internally, as opposed to this very surface it's I'm, I'm feeling aggravated or I'm feeling lonely or instead of you're pissing me off, probably. Should we try like a live exercise of this? Oh, I hate that when you do this. I love it. <laughs> Why do you hate it? I don't know because Open I... Open your mouth and your heart at the same time, baby. What's on your heart I right now? I told you my heart. Okay. Go. Tell me. <laughs> Share with the world. That I hate it when he asked me to do like role playing live on a podcast. That's what's in your heart right now? Yes. No. Come on, baby. No, that is. Okay. Okay. Do, well, you have, do you have a great example, Penn? Let's do it. Do you have a great example? I, I, I'm trying. Would you like me to try to open my heart right now? Yeah. I do. I've felt all week. I've felt anxious um, because, uh, because this is, I, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Tell me if I'm doing this right. Okay. I've felt anxious and a little bit distant from my wife because she is having some really, really strong feelings that I can relate to a little bit, but not on her level that are all centered around the fact that her daughter is graduating. See, I'm talking about you, but this is in my heart. She's told me that her daughter's graduating middle school. She's going into high school and there's this feeling of, of sadness that's going with her. And I have different feelings and I, I don't want to discount her feelings, but I, like, I wish that there was more, I feel that there should be more joy around this event. So ha- I, I have, I also have joy. I also have joy about this. Okay. But I, I just, I have, bo- I have both things are true. Both emotions are true. I feel very joy that she's had a successful year and a crazy year, but also it's this weird milestone. And I know high school goes by in a blank. So I have both things. 
Okay. Yeah, I think it's they can coexist. But I think what you just shared that is opening your mouth and your heart at the same time. And there's so many times that we can't like understand. My husband, who I'm madly in love with, is not the father of my children. He's my second husband. So he cannot understand anything that I'm going through with my girls. He tries. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea of I may not understand you, but I can stand with you. And and so I think it's a beautiful sentiment that whatever you're, the anxiousness that you're feeling and the distance that you're feeling is like, all right, well, what's the desired outcome? If you don't, if you don't want to stay in that feeling, then, then you get to do something about it. I, I think also it's important to, to note that you, you have, uh, you've remarried, you're happily remarried, which is very exciting, but you probably, because of that, I would imagine, and, and co-parenting have had to deal with a good bit of conflict and it said we re- you know your your bio says you have a good ma- you have a good relationship with the ex-husband so i we are not we are not walking that but i know plenty of people who have do you have advice for people who are kind of walking through co-parenting and dealing with ex- exes yeah, it's so funny. My ex-husband comes to any of my speaking engagements. He's one of my biggest champions. I just appreciate him so much, but it did not all that wasn't always the case. Obviously, we're divorced for a reason. But I think the the advice I would give is what's your desired outcome? Like what do you want? And I wanted harmony with my new family and and harmony with him and that's what I want and so that's what I focused on. And so the greatest gift you can give yourself is, is, is to forgive yourself for your things and forgive others for their things. And then just focus on what it is that you want. What's the desired outcome? And that's what we've done the whole entire time. He admires me and respects me and the girls know that. And I admire him and respect him and the girls know that. And it always hasn't been like they don't love it when we're all together celebrating graduation together. That's not always the most comfortable probably for them. But they know that our desired outcome is to be in harmony and to give them the best possible life experience. So that's think yeah. the desired outcome. Well, good for you for doing that. I mean, my parents are divorced um, and they they got divorced after I had I was in college. So we never had to do the the back and forth thing. And so we never really had to do there weren't a lot there aren't a lot of situations when they're in a room together. But and so but they're very cordial, very, you know, they but there's yeah. no there's no need for them to interact at all. But as a child, it's still weird. It is still weird when they're in a room and, and they've done nothing to create that. It is all me. It's just, it's weird. So we can acknowledge it's weird, but good yeah. for you for like asking yourself the desired outcome and putting, putting your ego aside, I imagine, in a lot of those cases to get there. It, yep. I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the big, best habits we can get into in anything, whether it's in business or in our person, in our relationships, it's putting our ego aside. It doesn't, it doesn't serve us in any way, shape or form. Once we grow through whatever, you know, teenage years and into our twenties, late twenties, I think the best thing to do is put our ego aside. Yeah. And I, and that was your number one tip for kind of improving and growing from family conflict is asking yourself, what is the desired co- outcome? The next you have is timing is everything. And we, we've talked about that before, but, but talk to us about your thoughts on this. Well, I think timing is everything just means you don't have to say everything in the moment. And mm-hmm. sometimes it gets heated, you know, when you're having conflict and you're, and you're, emotions are running high, that is not the time to try and make your best point that really means something to you because because emotions are running high. And so I think timing is everything. And, you know, just taking a breath. There's no way that I can finish this without saying a real hardcore truth in my life. I lost my dad Mm. at a very young age and we were in a fight. I'm sorry. And I hadn't spoken to him. I was only 22 and he died totally unexpectedly. And he was like my hero, but Mm -hmm. we happened to be in a fight when he died. As a result, I spent so many years being scared to death of having any kind of fight because it meant like, oh my God, the person could die. And then what? Then I'm going to be living with the same pain that I have right now. And then my children helped me realize it's okay 
to have conflict. It's okay to have that argument. What's good is what comes on the other side of the argument. It doesn't mean like the end of a relationship. My daughter just reminded me of that. And she's like, just because you have a fight doesn't mean it's the end of the relationship. You had this terrible thing happen where your dad died. And so the reason I'm bringing that up though, is because we were talking about timing and I was saying like, you know, wait for the right time. And at the same time, tomorrow isn't promised. So I don't wait a lot of time before picking back up with what is important and in my heart to say. Um, and it's like everything else. It's just a balance. Yeah. But, and I don't mean to get all heavy and bring no, that in. I, but death, thank you but for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. That must have been really hard. Yeah, one thing that we say in our marriage and in our book is, is that it's okay to go to sleep angry for a lot of the reasons that you just gave us, which is if you are, if you're in that fight or flight you know, sympathetic nervous system seizure where your brain actually keeps you from communicating clearly, which is a thing that happens when you're fighting. You should probably just shut up for a little bit and like take a breath and like chill. And it sounds like that's something you agree with, but something we didn't really touch on that you just did, which I really love is don't let that grudge simmer and sit. So like maybe the next day, not for months or weeks or years. Put a clock on it for sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, of course, my husband and I, we're polar opposites. He like loves, he does, he's got a computer for a brain and I only do math in cases of emergency. So <laughs> we definitely have had our fair share of arguments, but at night, if we, if we aren't feeling cool and things aren't great, we will si- still say, I'm, I'm mad at you and I don't like you very much right now, but I love you. And, and at least have that before we go to sleep. And that probably is because of me and the trauma <laughs> My trauma and my, you know, what I went through that I'm I'm not really comfortable letting a whole lot of hours go by without resolution. But that's that's you've earned that. And I think that's amazing advice is to say, like, I don't like you in this very moment, but I'm always going to love you and going and having that comfort, I think, is his his great advice. Um, you have another tip for kind of improve, improving and growing through family conflict. And we'd already talked about it. We talked about it in the beginning, which is basically stop apologizing. We, we apologize for a lot of things we don't need to. Um, and you, you offer something else. Say, I love you instead of apologizing. Uh, and you mentioned this before, but but tell me how you came to get to this. Is that a direct substitute? Like every time you want to say, I'm well, sorry, but, you just it, say, I love you. It, it's provoked. So so you have to like, as an example, if, if my husband or I'm making a grilled cheese sandwich and I burn the edges or whatever, and I would set the grilled cheese sandwich and say, you know what? I'm so sorry. I burnt the edges. I don't know. It's not awesome. And so what we started doing, and I don't remember when I started it, but I was like, what'd you say? What'd you say? I'm sorry. What'd you say? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Until it's like, okay, sorry. I love you. And you just replace it. Because then if, if everyone says, I'm sorry for all these little things that really don't matter, when something big happens, the I'm sorry should mean something. Yeah. And it's, I'm sorry. And this is what I'm going to do to make up for it. Wait that, a minute. But, but, it, but now that you're saying I love you all the time, does I love you mean nothing now? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Does I love does I love you become meaningless? No, I have a whole thing. You're okay. so good. I had just did a post on this. I can't. I know I love you. Like I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and I love my daughter. Not the same. They're different shades. I love pink, but there's lots of different shades of pink, and I am all about it because I don't think the world can have too many I love yous. That's just my opinion, but I know there's going to be someone who says that's watering it down. I don't. Th- I, I agree with you. I don't know that you can water down I love you. I, th- I love hearing it. I love to say it, and I will try my best to substitute some of the I'm sorry's. I think I say I'm sorry more than you do. Maybe. I probably screw up more than you do. That's true. No, I'm kidding. I, well, that's but, the practice is when you hear each other say, it's like, what'd you say until you play with I love you? It's fun. And, and that way, you know, if, if you're late, if you hurt someone's feelings, you're correct. Then I'm sorry actually do, has impact. Do you know what Dale, Dale's my brother. When, when I say I'm sorry to Dale, he always goes, apology not accepted. Like, it, it's, it's silly. <laughs> yeah. But it's usually sort of one of those verbal crutch I'm sorry's that I don't really even need to say. And it's his way of saying, dude, shut up. Um, which is, I think, so that's yeah. Dale's, that's Dale's way of saying, I love you. Yeah, it's similar. Exactly. Yeah. He's so sweet. Yeah. Now, 
you know, you talked about being present in the moment when we talked about work-life balance. Talk to us about being present in conflict. Is that is that a thing we should be doing as well? Well, I think it's definitely harder in conflict, but yeah, I think the more present you are, the more you realize, am I being defensive or am I actually listening to what they have to say? Because that's what I realized when my husband and I would have arguments, I'd be trying to make my point about something. And then it was like, okay, well, there's a defensiveness that comes out. And I was talking actually to my daughter's boyfriend and he said, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. I just start defending myself and I'm not really listening. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we can be present during conflict, then we can really try and listen what's happening. But of course, it's much more difficult. But the more heightened the emotions are, the more difficult that is. I have to say, in when the few times that we've been in fights, maybe, maybe in conflict with our children in terms of just really big differences of opinions and how parenting should happen, it's... I I es- I have to say I escalated faster to anger and snapping and this th- weird authority Kim than I do even in my marriage. So I had to kind of remind myself to sit back. I'm still the parent. I still could. I I'm the grown up that gets to make decisions. But I have to say, just sitting there and listening was very hard when yeah. dealing with my children. You also have to imagine. Like the other thing is, you're an adult. Yeah. And you have to imagine what it looks like when somebody who's like one third your size is like bowing up on you. And that's something I had to figure out pretty early too. Like I, I don't even have to raise my voice that much and it could probably just scare the bleep out of them. Yeah. And they, I mean, they're very respectful kids. They're very sweet kids. And so, yeah. but the con, I, I would say more of our conflict is about things they want yeah. that we should not just openly provide, just make smoothing their life over kind of removing conflict from their lives, which is not ideal. It should not happen. Speaking of being present in conflict, uh, Kim has a conflict right now that she needs to not be present. I need to go pick up my son from school. (laughs) I'm going to let you guys wrap this up. And I was actually thinking that we're going to, I know, but that like Penn, you, you're like so vibing with this that I'm like, I felt like I was almost in the way here. Well, I tried to open my heart and my mouth at the same time and I don't even know how that worked. Okay. Linda. So he's going to hang on with you for a few more minutes. Bye honey. Okay. Linda, I I love you. See, I'm not going to (laughs) apologize for leaving. She might even, she might even get back by the time we're done. We're not going to take up too much more of your time. Um, no, No, it's, it's okay. And I'm laughing that she said that because the other day I was on the phone with my husband and I was telling him about, I don't know where I was. I was on the phone with someone. And he's like, well, did you love them? Do you love them? I'm like, what are you talking about? And he says, well, you always tell me that you just love people in advance because you know, you're going to anyways. And it was just so funny because the way he brought it up, but that, that kind of is, I mean, I I have this whole thing about like being a part of humanity is kind of my team. Yeah. And so it's, it, this whole conflict thing has been a really interesting thing because I went from avoiding it so much to then embracing it for what it could bring us closer. No, I'm with you too. So we, we each have our own fighting styles and Kim, I think she just explained that she's kind of a ripcord puller. Like if we're in the middle of a fight, she just gets, she goes over the top. She's like, let me out of the car and she'll just walk. She'll just walk. Um, and I am a serial apologizer, which we're I'm, I'm working on here uh, with your help. But the reason why is because when it comes to at least when it comes to her and when it comes to most relationships that I care a lot about, I can't stand it when people are pissed at me. And if and, and yeah. I, I, I try to find the shortest cut to get back to it without actually resolving the issue. So just like you, I was running away from conflict. So these are all totally. great. These are all great tools to to fix that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think just getting to know each other's style, like I would, if it was really bad, I would tend to want to leave because I, yeah, I just wanted to leave. I avoid pain. And so I would want to leave. And then it was like, okay. So it's a learning thing. And I think that's, what's been really cool as my kids have gotten older now in their twenties is that they recognize I'm not perfect. I'm just a human and I have my own stuff like everybody else. And that, as your, I mean, your kids are younger. Yeah. But at a, wait, at what at what age did the switch flip from arguing with a child to arguing with a, an adult? Is there? Do you remember that age? Because I'm really curious, and I feel like it. I thought it was going to be college for me, like 18, and I'm quickly learning that no, particularly with Lola, who has has the emotional maturity almost of a college kid. 
I know you had two daughters. When did that switch flip? Was it earlier or later? It was definitely later. It was. Okay. Yeah. So you were still talking to her as a child. And, and, And probably because I, I mean, I will take responsibility. I had so much I think because my dad died when I was so young and I had this real fear, like I couldn't be in conflict with my kids because I thought they would like unmother me or they would like disown me or Or they grow up and and then they become a different person and then they're always going to have that fight. Yeah. But, but I mean, the thing that's just amazing when, when you have an 11 and a 13 year old, that's one of the reasons I work with a lot of moms with kids that age because they don't know what it is to have a 23-year-old. They don't know that yet. And so everything feels like intense for what it is at this moment. And it's hard to know. Well, you don't know what you don't know. And so I just wish someone had been able to give me that back, that advice back then. Like, like your daughter graduating from middle school and think like, oh, my God, that's a whole other chapter in high school. And those mixed feelings that go with that. And, and realizing it's all good. Yeah. It's just another chapter. Nothing's ending. It, it, to me, it's a celebration. Lola, Lola's had an amazing year. And I think Kim will get there. She'll get there on her own time. She's, she's just, she's, she's the empath, right? She feels all the feels. And so, and it's what, it, what, it's what makes our family complete. And I do love her for it. Okay. I've got a few more minutes with you. I need tips on um, uh, kids driving and kids drinking. Go. Cause that's going to happen oh in the next 10 gosh. years. Go, go, come on. I need some my, help. <laughs> they knew my kids would never, ever drink and drive. They We're not the same things together. I'm sorry. So what I mean is like, oh. how do I get them to drive without crashing their car? And how do I introduce them to like, uh, like how to safely party when they go to college? Okay. Well, trust. That's the first thing. Okay. Exercise your trust muscle. It's the coolest thing when they start driving and they feel their independence and you literally can see their confidence increase. And that confidence then goes to every area of their life. Just from driving? That's a really cool moment. Wait a minute. That's like the first positive thing I've ever heard anyone say about this. Oh, it's the coolest thing. I watched my daughter drive off after she got her license and she's driving off. And I just was like, wow, this is amazing. And she was confident. She was athletic and all that. But the independence that she felt of the autonomy of being able to get herself and not needing me to drive her. I, I literally remember her confidence increasing in that both of them in that first year, 16, when they first start driving. And then especially for girls, confidence, it's translated into every area of their life. Okay. It's amazing. That's a great way to look at it. Okay. So now they're going to college and you don't want them to like, uh, you want them to make good decisions. You want to trust them. You want them to, you know, you want them to have fun, but also like in a safe way. What, what was the speech that you gave to them? Cause I'm already stressing about this. Oh God, this was, I told my daughter to drink the same thing. Don't mix your drinks. You're going to drink. And then she got sick and told me that she drank tequila shots oh, because I not to change her drink. <laughs> just so I was tequila. the mother of the year. Uh, um, well, no, I just said, you're going to drink. You're going to be influenced. Make sure that you drink a bottle of water between your drinks. Never take a drink that somebody else has given you Buy your own drinks. And, you know, listen to your gut, like listen to your gut. I, I was really big on having them trust themselves and thankfully knock on wood worked out. Yeah. It sounds like this is, listen, this is why I'm asking you these questions because I know like, I love my kids right now. We've done like, we're doing the best we can. And I think my kids are great, but we're like, I feel like we're the, the majority of what's going to require my attention as far as a parent has not gotten here yet. Even though most people think, Oh, it's those first couple of years. You got to wipe their butts. You got to get them to walk. I think we're getting into the real nitty gritty right now. You are right. You are a million percent right. And I wish someone would have told me that because I was gut wrenched having to work when they were young and leaving yeah. them. But when they need you most is right now, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. And, and I think, and it's just knowing they have a safety net. That's yeah. the thing. Knowing they have a place to fall if they make a mistake and it's going to be okay. Okay. Is there anything that I'm missing? I like, I'm, I, I want to talk about have like the sex talk, but I don't think I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can tell you, I didn't have that talk with them when at your kids' ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, we're we're not there yet. Is there is there anything I'm missing? Because you have these are such good nuggets, and I I I would like to get a whole seminar on how to how to how to get to this next step of parenting. Well, just have faith, trust in yourself, trust in your kids, and 
let them, you doing it. It's opening your mouth and your heart at the same time saying like, I'm really, really excited for you. And I'm scared to death. So yeah. just letting you know, like not having to be the perfect parent. Yeah. Because there, there is none. And they don't have to be the perfect kid. Like, I, like I, this is going to sound really weird. I hope I have to ground my kids at some point because they need to, they need to stretch their boundaries a little bit. Kim doesn't feel this way. <laughs> I, I never had that thought like anticipatory, yeah. you know, like I hope I ha I hope at some point they do something where they mess up. I, I don't know. I think for me, the fact that they were both in really high level sports their whole life. Yeah. It helps. Influenced a lot mm -hmm. of their decisions. All right. So thank you for this extra credit time, Linda. You can learn more about Linda and the work she does by going to lindacormier.com. That's like Cormier, if you uh, can imagine such a, and Linda with a Y. Okay. And Linda, thank you so much for being with us. And seriously, um, I, I could ask you questions about how to parent my adolescent f for another hour, but I, I probably should let, I probably should let you go. Well, it's been great fun. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be a part of it and um, I'm sure we'll be in touch. All right. Have a good one. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.